Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. We have a lot to get to today, a lot of pre-draft talk to get to with the former Vikings general manager, former NFL executive of the year. But Jeff, let us start with the offensive line. Uh, It has been a consistent problem for quite a while. Are they any closer to solving the problem? And does the draft help them solve the problem? Yeah, I think, Jim, it's, it's, it's interesting that they're kind of loading up at that right guard spot for some competition according to, to Kevin O'Connell, the, the new head coach. And and the, the most recent signing was Chris Reed, uh, who had played with the Colts last year and and has, has started six games along the interior offensive line and played in 61 games, 29 starts during his career. So, so he's got some experience. Uh, Jesse Davis, they brought in previously from Miami, has some experience. Uh, Austin Schlotman from Denver. So it seems like they're they're loading up to to create competition uh, for that offensive line. And O'Connell talks about that four spots are set out of the five, and with the only spot up for grabs potentially being right guard, where Oliudo played last year and and showed some some good potential at times and showed some penalty problems at times and getting beat at times and and. What's, what's kind of fascinating to me is the way he's building up Garrett Bradbury a little bit. And Bradbury just has really struggled the last couple of seasons, the former number one pick, and, and they're facing making a decision on his fifth-year option, which I would highly doubt they're going to exercise. I think they have to do that by early May. And it just seems to me that some of these guys they're bringing in, they also want to create competition for Bradbury. And and I thought Mason Cole was a good addition last year and, and probably played better than Bradbury when he was in there, but they've lost him to Pittsburgh in free agency to an affordable deal, a $5 million a year deal. And now they got all these other guys and we'll just see how, how it all shakes out. But I'm not sold on Bradbury being the answer when he goes up against really stout defensive tackles, such as Kenny Clark of green Bay, he struggles. The other guy that's interesting to me, that we don't hear a lot of talk at all about is Wyatt Davis, the third round pick last year, who was the Big Ten Offensive Player Lineman of the Year the year before when, when he, before he was drafted, and you rarely hear any talk about him. So, I'm interested to see how he pans out if he's going to be in the mix in his second season because oftentimes, as we know, these these rookies. It's really until year two when they really emerge, and I think we're going to see that with Christian Derrissaw at left tackle, that he'll be a lot better this year. I think a couple of those young guys on the defensive line, uh, talking about Patrick Jones and Janarius Robinson, there's not a lot of talk about those guys either when we talk about the edge players that, yeah, they got Hunter, they got uh, Zadarius Smith, and, and, and so, but there's not a lot of talk about some of these young guys. So we'll see what happens. And I think the good news is he's creating a lot of competition coming into the off-season program, which is going to start next week. Amazingly, amazingly, with snow still on the ground, <laughs> they're going to start the off-season program. Although I do see 60s in the forecast this week. Um, 
but I know you're not going to worry about it, Jim, because you'll you'll be you'll be uh, having some fun with with the Masters, right? Yeah, I'm gonna go hang out with Tiger for a little while. I'll, just, I'll give him some tips. It'll be a great week. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to going down there. Uh, a reminder: Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider is one of our two NFL shows at TalkNorth.com. We also do the Viking Update Show, which is John Krasinski and myself offering the writer's view of the team. This, of course, is the insider expert uh, view of the team. Jeff uh, works with a, a an athlete agency. Uh, he does he does public speaking all over the country, former Vikings general manager, former president of the Tennessee Titans. And uh, we recommend subscribing to the show at your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. You can always find the shows and the archives and all the many shows we do at TalkNorth.com, including our outdoor stuff and our variety stuff at TalkNorth.com. Thanks to our producer, Brianne Burdett. And thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. To me, Bradbury is like one of those Vikings cautionary tales. They needed an offensive lineman. He was a great college offensive lineman. They went for him hoping he would fix all the problems. But sometimes when you draft to fill a need, you end up not filling that need and not getting a good player or maybe even a great player at another position. Yeah, I think that's always a big concern when you go into a draft. And it's one of the things we always talked about in draft rooms with my years with the Vikings and the Titans, that you don't want to pass up a potentially – great player to take a good player at a position of need. Now, if they're rated fairly evenly, then then you can go for the need. And so mm-hmm. if the Vikings get to the number 12 spot this year and there are a bunch of guys rated fairly equally between, say, an edge rusher, then I'm sure they may want to add into the mix as they go to this 3-4 and a corner that they badly need, a young corner, a stud corner. Then you probably go corner if the ratings are fairly even. If there's a a Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati or Derek Stingley, if they feel comfortable with his medical evaluation after he missed a bunch of time at LSU, uh, McDuffie at Washington, those are the three top corners. And, and I was certainly subscribed to the belief as we talked last week that drafting a corner in the first round, if you really like these guys, and as I said, you're not passing up a potentially great edge rusher or offensive lineman or even a linebacker, whatever the case may be. I, I don't necessarily think they need to look at wide receiver right now, but they may think about even a tight end after losing Tyra Conklin in free agency and Irv Smith coming back off a, off an injury on, on that knee. So, yeah, I, I think that you got to be really careful going into the draft, and, and that's why I think you're going to see guys like, like Aiden Hutchinson of Michigan, very safe pick, high motor, uh, edge rusher, uh, I think he's a guy that that definitely will be looked at as a potential first pick overall. But I also thought it was interesting, Jim, this week uh, or in the past week or so when, when Michigan had their, uh, their I think it was their pro day or might have been their spring game. Uh, and the news came out that that uh, Colin Kaepernick had a tryout yep. at, the, at, the, at the Michigan, uh, I, I think it was their spring game. It was kind of early for their spring game. Maybe maybe it was a pro day. I don't know. But anyway, interesting at 34 years old that that Jim Harbaugh very nice of him to give his former quarterback a shot when he knew that all the scouts were going to be there watching guys like Hutchinson. <laughs> so yeah. that'll that'll be a story to follow. The thing about Kaepernick is, uh, you know, I think when he got blackballed by the NFL, he was better than half of the NFL's starters at least. Now, we just don't know. You don't know what his capabilities. You know he's in great shape. He has tons of arm strength still. Uh, and 
I'm sure he's better than most NFL backups right now. There's no doubt he should be on an NFL roster, but I just don't, you know, it, it, it's just remarkably the NFL will welcome back anybody, uh, including Deshaun Watson, who's been, you know, accused of uh, all kinds of sexual assaults, just dozens of sexual assaults. They'll let Tyree Kill who punch his pregnant girlfriend. They'll let anybody back in except for Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, and I don't think it's an issue anymore about his social justice stance and kneeling and all that. I think I think that's really old news. I, I think it's more about he hasn't played since 2016. That's six years. And I don't necessarily recall a, a quarterback coming back after missing that much time. I know Jim Plunkett missed a little bit of time, and, and he came back and, and won some Super Bowls for the Raiders. And even even Randall Cunningham, although I don't think Randall ever missed a year, but he hadn't played a lot as a backup and then came in and had his MVP season with us here with the Vikings in 98. And so it's certainly possible. And Randall was, I want to say, 35 or so when we when when I signed him to be to back up Brad Johnson. And lo and behold, he steps in and becomes the MVP in the NFL. So it can happen. And if, if teams like what they see, I don't think they're going to worry about social justice and any pushback from fans or anything or sponsors. Uh, that that's really old news, and and I don't even think it's going to be that big a media story after the first couple of days. There'll there'll be bigger things to cover. What I think, Jeff, is that while the, I think the NFL is very cynical uh, view of of the news cycle, and they know that if you bring in Sean Watson, that you know if he plays well and doesn't do anything bad off the field, that story will die down, and and you'll even hear people saying, "Oh, he overcame adversity on TV broadcasts." I think the problem, I think the fear for NFL teams with Kaepernick is that he might stand up in the locker room and talk about social justice every Wednesday or every Friday. You know, he might he might be talking about things other than football year round. And I just don't think NFL, I, it reminds me of what a Vikings executive told me when they got rid of Chris Cluey. It's like, hey, uh, you know, just you know, you're a punter. You know your place. Don't 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 be talking to the media all the time about all these social justice issues. You know, talk about football. I, I just think there's still a bias against anybody who might who might bring other things into the locker room. Yeah, and I'm sure that any team that's interested in him will talk to him about those type of discussions and very being very subtle about it, <laughs> and so it doesn't come back and bite them. But I think that there will be some conversations if any team is interested in signing Kaepernick. And as you said, if he still has the athletic ability in the arm, then yeah, I think he's better than a lot of the Sean Mannions around the NFL. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. Hey, we want to thank our sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com, and TSR Injury Law, which sponsors a number of programs across the talknorth.com platform. Je uh, Jeff, tell us about White Bear Lake Superstore. Yeah, thanks, Jim. White Bear Lake Superstar Buick GMC, my great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell, and their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and with their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, whitebearlakesuperstar.com. You will see fantastic selection of GMC and Buick SUVs, new 2021 and 2022 Buick SUVs, including the stylish Encore GX with 0% APR offers up to 72 months. And there's also 0% APR on most 21 and 2022 GMC models and purchase allowances on most of those vehicles too, including the fabulous GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab, 0% APR and a $750 purchase allowance for current Buick and GMC owners of lessees. 
Also, don't wait, reserve your all-electric super truck, the Hummer EV. The Wiper Life Superstore also is a Quigley 4x4 van, super, van superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at WiperLakeSuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks to our friend Steve Terry and TSR Injury Law. As, always, as Steve always tells me, all you really need to tell people is if they're hurt, they're going to want to check to see if they need help. And if you need help, you call 612-TSR-TIME. We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR Injury Law help me if I'm hurt by a defective product? Yes. How about by a dog bite? Yeah. If you've been injured, it's TSR time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612-TSR-TIME. So I think the question we're going to be asking a lot, Jeff, over the next few weeks as the draft approaches is, what happens if Malik Willis is sitting there at number 12? Yeah, I think certainly... We've had all kinds of opinions about these quarterbacks in the draft coming up. And, and some people say, oh, there won't be any quarterbacks picked in the first round. Well, that never happens or rarely happens. And and so I certainly expect guys like Kenny Pickett of Pitt, Malik Willis, you mentioned from Liberty, Matt McCorral from Ole Miss and Sam Howell from North Carolina. There could be as many as four or maybe even more that go in the first round. And I'm sure at least a couple of those guys are going to go. Willis is, is the really intriguing prospect with tremendous athletic ability and, and just didn't play at that level of comp- competition at Liberty. And there have been some rumblings that the Lions may take him in the first round, not with their earliest pick, but, but perhaps maybe trade back a little bit and grab him. So I think what's really interesting, too, in the draft is I've never seen a year, Jim, with so many teams with multiple first-round picks Mm-hmm. And there are seven teams that have multiple first-round picks, including the Eagles that have three first-round picks, and and two teams in, in the Vikings division, the NFC North, Detroit at number two and number 32, and Green Bay at number 22 and 28, both as a result of trades, the Stafford trade with Detroit, and for Green Bay, the Devontae Adams trade. And so I think what's happened, obviously, this year uh, these major trades, and there have been so many more major trades than ever in recent memory uh, of guys like Deshaun Watson, Stafford last year, Jamal Adams. And now the Jets have two first-round picks from the Adams trade a couple of years ago. The Justin Fields trade last year, uh, when, when the Bears moved up to grab him, well, the Giants now have the fifth and seventh pick overall. And, and Philadelphia from the Wentz deal, which was, was a disaster for them, uh, the Tyreek Hill trade, so Kansas City has two first-rounders. And so, yeah, and, and then the Russell Wilson trade, a bunch of extra picks for Seattle. It's just a, a really fascinating draft coming up. And I think, as I said, what it's going to translate to, these teams with multiple first-round picks, such as especially Philadelphia with three number ones, you can expect them to move around and maybe move up uh, if they see a guy that they really like in this draft. And it, it is a good draft for edge rushers, for wide receivers, for defensive tackles, and for corners, uh, fortunately for the Vikings. So it's going to be, uh, I think, a really fascinating draft. They always are. I love the draft, and, and now we're basically about three weeks away or so. And you get to this point in April, and it's like, bring it on, because from a team executive standpoint, there's been so much analysis leading to paralysis by now, and pro days, and 
the combine and now they're they're bringing in players for visits or visiting them on their campuses and so much money wasted in the draft process but teams want to be careful to get it right and so here we are but yeah Malik Willis really interesting guy I, I expect him to go in the first round I think Detroit is a possible landing spot I think Pittsburgh possible but they may be in love with Kenny Pickett who was right in their backyard at Pitt I think uh, Willis will go in the first half of the first round I don't know if the Vikings will have a shot at him at 12. I, I what I love about all these teams having multiple picks is it to me it means there are going to be a lot of draft day trades or at least a lot of conversations about draft day trades because if you have multiple picks you can afford to move either way you can afford to package deals uh you can afford to move up to get the exact person you want like with philadelphia i mean they they have jalen hurts who got him to the playoffs at quarterback but they don't know if jalen hurts can take him farther than that and they have three number one picks and there's probably gonna be a good quarterback on the board you know for some of those picks, that that's what I find really intriguing about this. Yeah, Philly at 15, 16, and 19, they're going to control the middle of the first round, and certainly wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprising to see them grab a quarterback. And and as we've talked before, I think the Vikings would be well served to look at this quarterback class and maybe grab a guy if one of these top four or five guys falls the second round or even the third round and then create some competition for Kellen Mond for the backup job. I thought it was very questionable to bring Sean Mannion back. I, I think we've seen enough of, of Sean to know yes. that he's just not the answer. And I'd rather see some young guys compete. I'm sure they didn't put any money into Sean Mannion, but, and I, and I know Kirk Cousins loves him in the room, but hey, right. it's really about the future. And we wanna see a little competition uh, for who could be the heir apparent if, in a big if, if Kevin O'Connell can't get Cousins to elevate his game even further, although I still think Cousins is here for at least two more years, but drafting a guy in those second, third round, I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah, if, if the guy can play, right? It all comes down to, I mean, Kellen Mond was a logical pick if he could play. Unfortunately, what we're gathering now is that he must not be very good. Well, I, certainly Mike, Mike Zimmer was not to, t terribly impressed with him, as he said. And But maybe Kevin O'Connell has a different percep perception of him, and maybe he thinks he can coach him up. Uh, Kellen Mond was a very good college quarterback at Texas yeah. A&M. Let's not forget that. And, and he was, a, I think, a three-year starter there. He's a guy that's got, got ability, and, and they just have to give him an opportunity which I'm sure we'll see during those three preseason games this year. But as I said, I'd like to see some competition there with, with a quality draft pick, second, third round. Maybe a third rounder would be a good idea. Get another edge rusher in the second round and get that corner in the first round, and, and they'd probably be in pretty good shape. Bringing back Patrick Peterson, where does that leave them in terms of cornerback need? Yeah, I, I still think – that they need an elite corner. And Patrick Peterson is a good corner still, but he's 32 years old. I think they need a an elite kind of corner that they had when, when Xavier Rhodes was in his prime, a Pro Bowl caliber guy. And that's why I'd like to see him take a shot at one of those guys. Gardner, I think, will probably be gone. Uh, Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati, but Derek Stingley, Jr. out of LSU, or Trent McDuffie out of Washington. I think that that they 
one of those guys, if they could be a potentially an elite corner, and then all of a sudden Peterson's your your second starter. You create competition. You got Shandon Sullivan from Green Bay as your new slot corner, replacing Mackenzie Alexander. You got Cam Dancer still in the mix, who I still think is talented, uh, needs to be coached up. Nate Harrison's in the mix as a veteran guy who's been around the league, and I still like the the ability of Chris Boyd. Harrison Hand shown some stuff, so all of a sudden the corner spot looks pretty good, and they still need a safety. And maybe one of those guys can be converted, although I like Cam Bynum, but I think they do need to sign a veteran guy. And I think the cornerback situation would be much better with a, a first-round addition. But as we said, don't pass up a great pass rusher or a great player at another position, at linebacker, whatever, to, to take that corner if that, that corner is not rated as high as the other players. Right. And, you know, that's the lesson that gets retaught every spring is if you draft for need and let need skew your perspective, you end up in a bad situation. It's like, hey, they drafted Jeff Gladney and Cameron Dantzler. And that, hey, that looked like it made sense, right? They needed cornerbacks. They needed quarterback depth. They took two corners high. Well, it only helps you if those guys can really play and if they can stay straight and stay in their team. Yeah. Yeah. Gladney turned out to be a, a unfortunate disaster with with his legal problems, and and now he's in Arizona. Dancer, as I said, still has talent, but we all will have nightmares of, of his final play against Detroit in Detroit last year when the Lions were winless, and he, he's retreating into the end zone and gives it up an easy touchdown to lose the game. That kind of stuff just can't happen, and, and so, yeah, we'll see how all, all that shakes out. And I think the other thing that's interesting, I mentioned earlier, when we talk about positions to look at, uh, and offensively, we haven't talked a lot about the offense because it seems like they're pretty loaded at the skill position. But I, I just think it was a little curious, Jim, that, the, that they let Tyler Conklin get away on a, on a really affordable signing by the Jets, who signed him for three years and, and 19 to $20 million. And, and I thought that Tyler would get, would get more money after a 61-catch season. And the Jets have a first-year cap number of, of I think, $3.3 million which with Irv Smith Jr. coming off that that major knee injury that cost him the whole season, and O'Connell's talking about bringing him back slowly. I know they signed Johnny Munt from from uh, the Rams, but he's more of a blocking tight end. And, and it also tells us that they're going to probably go more three-wide receiver with, with Jefferson, Thielen, and Osborne, and then basically playing one tight end that they want to be Irv Smith Jr. and one running back or maybe two wide receivers and a fullback and get C.J. Ham in the mix. So it sounds like not as much two or, two, two or three tight end offenses as we've seen in the past, but I, I thought that Conklin was a, was a valuable guy, and they kind of let him go when it was a pretty affordable deal. If they maybe put a really strong one-year offer out on him, he might have jumped at that rather than going on the three-year deal with the Jets at not as much money as I think he would have liked to have gotten. Conklin is a good player, and he's a player they developed, and he's a player who's fairly affordable, and I'm sure they hope that Irv Smith comes back and has the kind of year they were expecting from him last year before he was injured, but you just don't know. And Munt is, yeah, Munt's a guy. I, I think Munt's like, uh, I said this to Krasinski the other day, Munt's like uh, Denny Green and and uh, 
and Burns bringing in Mike Tice just because he knows the offense so well and he can move around. But he's not going to be a big a big playmaker. Yeah, that, that's right. And, and there's been a, kind of a lot of that in terms of the Vikings' new coaching staff bringing in guys that they know and and like, which is which is great if they can play. And I'm talking about Shannon Sullivan, uh, who played under Donatel at Green Bay, uh, or, or I'm sorry at uh, well at Den- at Denver. I'm talking about Harrison at Denver. Uh, but but Shandon Sullivan, who some of the coaches came from Green Bay, Mike Pettin, I'm thinking of, right. was, was with him at Green Bay, and and yeah, so there's some of that, and and the offensive line coach who who uh, knew some of the guys before, and it's just you got to be a little careful that that you're you don't close your eyes to the outside opportunities just because you know these guys, and and they played for you at a different team. If they can play great, and if they fit the system, great. But again, don't close off potential people from the outside that could really be helpful. No doubt about it. Uh, thanks again to White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR Time. Thanks again to our producer, Brianne Burdett. Uh, Jeff, send us off with a final thought today. Uh, I think my final thought is, uh, first of all, it's Masters Week, and I love yes. that. I, and a good sign of spring, and I hear it's going to be 60 here by the weekend, and and so maybe even I'll be able to get out and, and tee it up a little bit. But looking at the snow today, it's kind of kind of disheartening. I think what's interesting around the league in the last week that we haven't talked about, Bobby Wagner, uh, eight-time Pro Bowl linebacker who was released in a salary cap move by Seattle and was one of the really top free agents on the market, signs with the Rams. And, again, the Rams going with veteran players and, and kind of loading up. He's he's still a really effective player, and I thought that was a really good signing by the Rams. He was also looking at Baltimore. So, again, another good player to the Super Bowl champs. No doubt about it. Good stuff, Jeff. We'll continue breaking down the draft and all the NFL news here at Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. Thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com.